All right, welcome everybody to another edition of Legal Tech Week, the show where we talk about the top stories in legal tech and innovation from the past week. And uh, definitely gonna be talking about Legal Week this week as we are, uh, as most of us, I guess, we're all just back from there. I'm not quite direct back from there because I'm at a different conference. But uh, anyway, it is February 2nd, 3rd, where is it? Um, Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. It's, <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. And, and, and he saw his shadow, so we're gonna have an early spring. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, in Charlotte, it's about 66 degrees right now in Charlotte, North Carolina, so it yeah. feels like spring here. Warm here in Louisville, too. But, um, so, uh, I am Bobby Brescia. I have a blog, Law Sites, and a podcast called Law Next, and our panelists today. Uh, let's kick it off. Steve, you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, Steve Embry, I write the blog Tech Law Crossroads, and I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, where we too are having nice weather. I'm at the ABA mid-year meeting, so uh, not in my usual locale, but anyway, it's nice to be here. Jean? I'm Jean O'Grady. I write the Dewey B Strategic blog, and I write a monthly column for Legal Tech Hub. And Stephanie? I'm Stephanie Wilkins. I'm the editor-in-chief of uh, Legal Tech News at ALM. And I'm very tired from this last week, so don't put <laughs> me all black, please. Uh, Nikki? Uh, Nikki Black. I am the head of SME and external education at my case in LaPay, and I write legal tech columns for ABA Journal Above the Law and the Daily Record, and I also oversee and write our benchmark and industry reports on the my case and law pay side of things. And uh, I feel like we're all tired for different reasons. Like, I feel like this group is <laughs> has like this cloud over it right now. Really? Yeah. Most conference blues. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. And Joe. Joe Patrice from Above Law and Thinking Like a Lawyer. I am, uh, I am also back uh, from a conference that was one of the more grueling experiences uh just i had nothing but meetings uh all of which were fun but still it uh it, it gets to you by the time it's all over they were all fun really yeah are you just being nicer <laughs> there might be there might have been like two that weren't fun uh but even those which were two? informative which two? the rest <laughs> yeah exactly the rest of them were still informative even if they weren't fun yeah well, so we can talk about Legal Week. I was I was only there officially Tuesday. I was there Monday as well. We had a bunch of meetings on Monday, uh, but in terms of the actual Legal Week, I was only there Tuesday. It took off, so I missed a lot of the fun. Although I did cram in my share of meetings, uh, but uh, I know I know Gene. I know you were really happy with the exhibit hall this year. Is that right? Muted, muted. I don't know if this is this is a symptom of the GPT hangover or <laughs> this is a GPT hallucination, but it seemed to me that way too many products didn't actually work. And I'm not talking startups. I'm talking big companies. I would go for a demo and uh, I and the product was basically broken and worse the rep or whoever, whatever the people are called to stand at the booths, they didn't know what was wrong and they couldn't explain how the product was supposed to work. So I was just blown away. And I just, I don't know if that is, again, there's just too much turnover in the tech market and people haven't been at their jobs long or people are releasing products that aren't ready for the market, but it was interesting. Anybody else find that? So my write-up uh, kind of touches on this. Uh, I thought that the choice of Brian Cranston as the keynote uh, was uh, very, you know, it set the tone because I saw a lot of acting. Uh, I saw a lot of products being talked about uh, that weren't really ready. I saw a lot of announcements to announce. Uh, there were some things that were ready to go, but a lot of it was kind of acting, which to some extent, I didn't blame folks for. I mean, that this is a tech that's really been serious for slightly over a year. So the idea that people had worked out 100% of the kinks or something that would be market ready was ambitious. Uh, and I think what I did see were a lot of products that I'm sure 
behind the closed demo that didn't necessarily all work are probably like 80 to 90% ready to go. But, you know, that's the problem, right? That last 20 to 10 to 20% is where, you know, a lot of the, the, the mischief happens, right? Of course, of course, several of us went to the same demonstration where the, where the presenter told us as we walked in how he didn't like the, the minimally viable product concept and then proceeded to present a minimally viable product to us. <laughs> Stephanie, what were you, you're, I mean, you were like so immersed in everything this week. You must be, did you even get to do anything other than sit on panels and lead discussions? And... You know, I was just going to say, I literally, this is the one time at any conference I've gone to, I didn't even get to go to the vendor hall. Like, I think I literally, I walked through, I mean, there's like three of them, right? I walked through one once to try to get lunch, but like, I was on more panels this year, which is great. And I actually, I did enjoy all my meetings, but I have to say I was more selective in the meetings I took this year. So, <laughs> um, but no, I just, I was more involved on the other end of things this side, you know, having been in a full year. So I was, I was a little bit bummed because I love vendor hall parts usually, but I did all in all, I mean... All of the panels I was on, and the, I did maybe get to see one or two that my colleagues were on or whatever, I thought they were great. I mean, I've gotten a lot of good feedback about the substance of the panels. Obviously, I didn't see them, and I'm not even trying to be biased because I'm ALM, but no, people were really like, yeah, there was just a lot of good information this year, which if that is actually true, I'd love to hear that. That's fantastic because... I, I can now tell you how much work goes into putting on this conference. I really hope people get something out of it. Yeah, I never made well, it to the exhibit hall. I really one a... trip through the exhibit hall quickly is to, to meet with, uh, to get a demo at a vendor's booth. And that was it. That was, that we never saw the rest of it. That's, that, that's really kind of scary to hear, Stephanie, as I have our ABA tech show for which I'm significantly involved coming up. So I'm glad to know that, you know, I'm going to be, completely exhausted and drained at the end of it. <laughs> I have yeah. that to look forward to. You know, the thing that I thought was really interesting about the show this year, it's like for the first time since COVID, it was like COVID was a, not a thing. I mean, there, almost nobody had a mask on. People were crowded. and You know, it wasn't even a subject of discussion. And I know, Nikki, you had COVID. <laughs> had to miss I some, a, but just, just I have the, a feeling more of us are... I have a feeling more of us are going to come out of it with COVID this year. That is my bleak prediction because of that. But yeah, yes, well, I think yeah. I, I got it the week, two weeks before when I was there for the New York state bar. Um, I just think that those elevators and that hotel, and you know, there's just so many people coming and going And New York itself is just, you know, a hot spot for COVID. So. Well, know. yesterday, let me tell you this. O's hosted a knowledge management meeting and, Unbeknownst to all of us, when we got there, we were all forced to take COVID tests before we went in the room. And nobody wow. was expecting it. <laughs> it was really hilarious because some people apparently had never given themselves a COVID test before. Wow. That's funny. Mm. Oh, was that I mean, skills? Was that was that yeah. at skills, Gene? Yes. Yeah. Again, I was only there Tuesday and I, so I can't really be a judge, but it when I, from what I saw Tuesday, it, it felt like one of the highest energy legal weeks I remember in a while. And it seemed, I don't know what the attendance numbers were like, but it seemed to be really packed. I mean, it seems like this is like the legal week of old and maybe even even more so uh, from from uh, since COVID. It, it, it was huge. And it was, I kept saying it was the biggest since at least 2013, which I don't know the exact numbers, but I've got to think it was. Like this absolutely felt like the glory days of the e-discovery show back when, um, as we used to, derisively call it like this was this was big exciting people were energetic uh yeah i thought it was really great well at least there were no e-discovery uh vendors dominating the advertising at the show and it wasn't like the old days like that are you joking you're joking i am joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah you know back uh, your it's... Seat, it's on the inside of the elevator it's <laughs> what were I those the I same were those the same disco ads as last year on the doors? I, I feel like it so. wasn't. They, which I is sad because they used to... Well, they they have the same Lady J. They have a second commercial that came out with her. So they're it's a recurring uh, character. Yeah. I saw that. Well, I mean, the, the, the Caesar kind of character on the, the revolving doors. I was like, wasn't that last year? Uh, but 
otherwise still present. What I thought was interesting was I asked, I was just there for a short amount of time because I had to push my trip back, but I asked a lot of people about um, from different walks of life, so to speak, in the legal tech space. So not just like people that are like in it like us, but like people that I worked with and people that were in our booth and um, people that I would just run into in the hallways. And everyone sort of said the same thing, which I thought was really interesting, which was that it felt really different. It wasn't um, e-discovery like it used to be. And it seemed like a lot of contracts and lots of AI. Like everyone said the exact same thing, no matter who I talked to. So I, I think I feel like the that's a pretty good summary of what the show was, but it definitely felt different than like the seven or eight legal weeks that preceded it, you know, except for the COVID one mm-hmm. when it, it was canceled, you know, it just felt like a different show. And it, and it was so energized because it's post COVID and there's so many exciting things happening all of a sudden. I think everyone wanted to be there. So, so I know that for most of yeah. us, we were probably sitting all day long in, in, in these briefings as Joe was talking about, but um, did you see anything interesting or, you know, that, that got you excited there that, that you weren't expecting to see? Well, I, I, one thing I saw, I, I did go to one panel with Chad O's and, um, uh, Damien from VLEX, and he showed this new feature that VLEX just developed, and I was really impressed with it. And it came out like they are adding features that they they haven't even made press releases about. But this basically analyzes a complaint and helps you respond to the complaint. It it finds arguments against the points made in the, the complaint. I mean, I just thought it was pretty good. And I talked to Ed and Ed was saying that the technologists that they now have at VLEX are, can just come up with new solutions like within weeks. So I was really, it was, it was actually a product that appeared to work and I, they did a demo and it worked. <laughs> I, I saw that too. And actually I didn't go to that panel, but I actually I like ran into Damien in the hall. He's like, yeah. let me show you something. And pull, yeah. Pulled me up to the, up to their VLEX suite and, and all of 10 minutes demoed that for me. But it, it looked, that looked really cool. Uh, I thought I agree. He, like saw, how I did t- I not even ever see Ed? He wasn't there for very long. I okay. think he was, I think he because he had been doing something else in Washington D.C. He had oh, been yes, at yeah. Orgetown panel, and maybe he was only there for a day. I don't know. Okay, that makes me feel better. Thank you, Gene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a discrete use case, but I really enjoyed uh, looking at and playing around with RWS's uh, translation uh, thing. I don't know if anybody else saw this, but like it's kind of a multi-layered, it will translate the thing, but then it also then pumps through some, like a scorer of how much does this really sound like, sure, this is grammatically French, but is this French like normal people in France would use it and it will score it and then it'll run it through AI to retype it to mm-hmm. something that's better. And you you get to what, what I really liked about it was the interface because you could put all that behind behind a spinning wheel and then spit out the right answer. But instead you watch it retype a new sentence and get rescored to be like, nope, that one's still, you know, that's only like a 50%. And then it retypes. It's like, you know what, that's 60. You're getting better. And you can watch it happen. And you, I felt engaged in the process, even though it was a machine doing it. Uh, I know that's, that's kind of a small issue, but I, I saw so many, of these products that you type something in and then a wheel turns for like 15 seconds and the demo person goes, well, now while that's happening, let me I can distract you over like this. This crappy internet in, the, in this exhibit hall. Yeah, yeah, like it felt like I was getting, I, I could almost hear the like screeching sounds of the of the phone modem, you know, like it, it whereas this, I mean, it was, a, it was a cool product anyway, but I also just love the UI decision of, show them the thing doing the process because it makes you feel like you aren't just waiting around, you know? I was trying to find, I can't find, I saw a, something kind of similar to that in, uh, at here at the conference I'm at, which is the innovations in, innovations in technology conference put on by the legal services corporation. That's all focused on the, on the legal services world. But a guy was demonstrating this, uh, um, LLM for for mediation for basically completely uh, you know LLM mediated mediation and basically you get two people together who are having an argument uh, and like 
the, the neighbor accusing the neighbor of ruining their fence or something. And so the neighbor writes, you know, you jerk, you banged into my fence with your car and you ruined it and I want money from you or else I'm going to take you to court. And the LL mediator will like interject and say, perhaps you want to rephrase that in a more constructive way and say, you know, let's have a let's have a conversation about our fence and see if we can come to an agreement about it. And, and it kind of goes back and forth so that each person's response runs through this LL mediator that tells them how to tone down their angry language uh, and make it more constructive towards reaching an end. And then at some point, the LLM kind of steps in as a mediator uh, and says, so, uh, you know, Joan, I've, I've heard you say uh, this about your fence, and I, I think you're going to have to pull together a little more information to show the cost that you're claiming and whatever. And Bill, I hear you say that, uh, I don't know, the brakes on your car didn't work and you ran into the fence, but uh, we're going to have to talk about that a little more. But it, it's all done through LLM. It's, re it's, really, wow. it's really cool. I thought... Um, <clears throat> not to, thought not I... to get off the... Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I saw that Legal Talk Network had a, a conversation, I think, with uh, AAA about LLM stuff, which I guess would make it AAA AI, um, or such, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to call it cleverly, but yeah, yeah similarly to the mediation stuff. Yeah, that was my yeah. yeah. Well, I was, I was just oh, going to yeah, mention okay. it. I, 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 listened, I listened to your podcast, and, and AAA is doing a lot of interesting stuff, and then Yesterday, I was on a panel with with an AA AAA person, and they were talking about the things that they were doing. It's really pretty innovative. I mean, they're they're really um, you, know, you don't typically think of an, an organization like that as being really sort of on the cutting edge of cutting edge of innovation. But I, I think they're doing some cool stuff. Yeah, well, didn't they, they launch they their? In... They hired Steve Eric out of Belex yeah. out of yeah. Fast Case. Yeah, exactly. And they, they launched their McCormick AI from lab. The Michigan Supreme Court is their new director. So. Yeah, they yeah. launched their new AI lab like back into September, or sorry, December, right? Yeah, they've been, yeah. Yeah, I've been yeah. talking to Steve Eric. They're doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the link to my podcast, not Legal Talk Network. Um, yeah, one, one thing I thought was really interesting, and I don't know. Which one of your guests said it? But I think you were asking about, well, you know, will we ever get to the point where uh, an AI tool will actually resolve the dispute? And she said, well, you know, there are a lot of GCs with with small level cases right now that would do that in a heartbeat because it's just saves so much time and money. Yeah, yeah. And and eBay does it today. Yeah, eBay's been doing it for a while. Well, eBay still has humans in the loop in the mediation process. I mean, you get to a certain point in their mediation process, it will go to a human if it's not resolved. But maybe that's the way it should always be. Uh, well, yeah. isn't that also yeah, what, new, right. what New Era ADR is doing? Like, they have huge clients like eBay and like the sporting links where they're like, these not uh, not everything has to be this massively ad uh, adversarial process and they're really cutting down the time and it's not even AI powered. It's just like use a little technology and it goes a long way. And they're <clears throat> cutting down these dispute resolution times in a significantly. Yeah. yeah the, the cutting down of the time is really important because in most situations with businesses, you know, it, if they know they're going to have an expense in three to six months, they can deal with that. It's it's the unknowns, you know, a piece of litigation or an arbitration hangs around for years and they don't know what it's going to cost them. That is much harder to deal with. So I can see how, yeah, they would trade maybe human, significant human involvement for speed of resolution. Yeah. Nikki, what about you? Did you say anything caught your interest there? I know you were only there briefly, I guess. But, yeah. No, oh. <laughs> I feel like I showed up. boobs, and then went to that dinner that we host, and then went home. I feel like I didn't see much, so unfortunately, I don't have much to add. <laughs> what about the parties? <laughs> I missed all the parties. Well, I went to the reveal party. Well, we, was, yeah, uh, we pulled the group and see if anyone went to the mysterious. Was the above the law party was party. the one I went to. That was the best party I went to. That was a good one. Well, the events, the, the events dinner was fun. I mean, the awards dinner the first night was fun. I mean, I was exhausted from that night on, but it, I yeah. thought it was fun. And we got to um, hear Lori use her AI voice. That was fun. I thought some parties were good and all, uh, but given oh, some of us have been chatting before we got here, though, I guess this might be fair. Like, so, so, tell, tell fun 
party stories first, and then we should transition to the more serious topic. Anybody? Well, the um, so fist fights or no. yeah, well, sort of. I, it, not not that, but we do see on LinkedIn today. There've been a number of posts here and there uh, that allude to uh, episodes at these parties, uh, sexual harassment. There's uh, there's some allegations that there had been an arrest. Uh, nobody seems to have concrete details of any of this, but I mean, it does it does speak to kind of the the deeper issue of you know like how we don't really have a, a lot of accountability at these sorts of conferences uh, as a general matter uh, where we throw a bunch of random people together. I know, Nikki, you've written an article in the past about ILTA and kind of the baseline misogyny of these conferences outright, right? Uh, and, you know, that was more misogyny in the, you know, looking down upon people sort of way. But this, uh, it you know, those things go hand in hand with harassment. So it's well, kind I mean, of a, articles, a more serious issue. My articles had more to do with um, sort of being ignored as a potential yeah. purchaser or decision maker when you walk the hall. But you're right. I mean, it's it's it starts with this idea that women are are there for the male gaze and they don't serve much of any other purpose. So that's why this couldn't possibly be someone who's making a purchasing decision. So they ignore you. And so I can see how that could like translate into you throw alcohol into it and people are out at these events and it's a free for all because they're away from home for the first time and they've got a baby. I don't know what's going on, but they start like that. Someone sort of alluded to that in one of the LinkedIn things. And I thought they had a point. Um, it's kind of this idea that it's like whatever happens at legal week stays at legal week. You know, people sometimes go crazy at these conferences. And so I can and I can also see you've got like young salespeople from these different booths going to these parties up to like seasoned legal tech execs who've been around forever. And so you really do throw just this mishmash of people into a space and throw alcohol into it. And when you have those underlying um, assumptions, you can see how it could go awry. But I also people are suggesting there should be tenets of or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they think people signing pieces of paper at the start of a conference or some organization or group is going to do to prevent these behaviors at some bar around the corner. I mean, it's, I don't know how the right. conference organizers are going to solve the problem, but. Over to Stephanie. <laughs> I've been virtually letting the rest of you speak first, because as you can imagine, my phone has been going off a lot. But what is signing a code of conduct going to do? I mean, well, I, I think I think what a code of conduct does is it allows the conference itself to take action without fear of legal reprisal on the back end. If right, so something it's like happens, <laughs> if something happens at an outside the conference venue, theoretically, the conference punishing you for that would be cause for you getting in trouble, whatever. But with a code of conduct, you now have the cover to say. It has come to our attention this bad thing happened, and so zero tolerance. We're kicking you out of the conference, which I think is a valuable thing for the conference. Sake. It's not going to deter the behavior necessarily, but it allows the conference to make a remedial action quickly. I think. I mean, it's a. I think CYA, that's the logic. The lawyer CYA recommendation in a lot of ways, right? Like it's a way to cover your butt as a conference organizer, which I completely understand the value of that. But I also think that a conference organizer is not going to solve this societal problem, and. It's, and it's unfortunate, but women have to have like a go out and be aware, you know, be aware of your surroundings and make sure you've got your mace in your pocket and make sure you walk in twos and make sure someone escorts you home. And it's like this burden that we carry that is not something that um, a lot of men have to think about. But well, my two cents on this. Very clearly not the voice of ALM officially here or anything. Um, I'm also exhausted is yes, there's a lot of stories coming out of shitty things have happened. And it's also bringing up stories that we just magically didn't hear happening at Iltacon. I mean, things that did happen, but no, I feel like it's just been this boiling point. It's been bubbling for a while. This stuff has been happening. It's finally been the breaking point. It was unfortunately this past week. I mean, unfortunately for our events team, who obviously could not have controlled any of this that went on outside. And it's just like really disappointing as, you know, 40 something year old woman. I'm just really fucking sick of it. Um, I don't know why it's getting worse. I hate that it feels like it 
diminishes everything we did this past week. And kudos to all the people, the men and women who are standing up and who intervened and have bad things happen to them. It just keeps happening. And if anybody, if anybody has the solution, please let me know. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there, there is something also to say. Oh, I was just going to say there's something also to say about the size of the conference. Uh, the one, you know, it's good that uh, that this was large and energetic and so on. On the other hand, smaller conferences that are more intimate, like people feel more like they can't do anonymous bad things. Uh, and so one side effect of a big conference is you have people who think, uh, you know, like they can get away with stuff in ways that they don't necessarily mm -hmm. when they're tight little conferences. Well, you yeah, also part have like, part one of the, night part of the part, no. part of the issue I think is is the fact that there's just free liquor. Right. And not only is it is it is it not only is it free liquor but it, when you go to most of these parties the bars are a well stocked and there's a lot of them. So there, let's, there's let's some not conferences stop that I go part. to. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but also no, it's, it's it's just a fact of life. I was not saying to stop it, but but you get a lot of young, sales-oriented, energetic people. Most of them in together, and you give them free liquor, and it's a party. And and know, it's not it's one party. Just, There's like a series of parties, right. one after the other, and you know you 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 go up to the bar. You know it's and I mean, to be clear, like and not a big parties and, we've been to in the last couple of years where there are like scantily clad women as part of the way the company is staging the party and putting that on. I mean, it's right. just really bizarre that in this day and age that kind of stuff is happening. I and, feel like that's way down over the last several years, yeah, but it but it's has happened. happened and we've commented on it when it did happen, right? Yeah. Right. But, but the other like, thing is it's it's also worth just pointing out that this is a problem that's endemic to the industry to probably right. every industry of course and right. you know maybe it's a at least a good thing that we're talking about it and that people who are perhaps victims of it are talking about it because for years nobody talked about it it was yeah. going on but nobody ever talked about it so at right. least at that's least that point. that's some step forward i think but but you know what like this has been going on since like the beginning of time and so it's it just that this I'm so tired of talking about it. I'm so tired of reports and studies about it. I'm so tired of all the like spinning our wheels. And I don't mean to diminish, I'm not diminishing what you said, but it just gets to a point where it's like, it's just stop it. Just keep your hands to yourself and stop being an idiot. Like it, it's- I know, and- 100% agree. And like, and I've seen the comments about the alcohol. I've seen the comments about it. And like, I get it. And like, none of the, I, none of the instances I've heard yet actually happened at the Hilton. There weren't even any, like all of the big parties were other things. And if you're in a place like Manhattan, there's four bars on every block. It's not like you're in a tiny mm -hmm. town where like all the parties might be at one place. Like people are just going to go off on their own. Like I've had, heard of incidents that weren't even at parties. They were just random gatherings of legal people or like, it's just like, you can't make people not drink. You can't make people not be jerks. You can't like, I don't know. Like I really am like, if somebody actually has the answer, please tell me. I'm tired. I'm just tired. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can almost like guarantee that the, at the conference I'm at right now, this is like probably a zero problem. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not a conference where there's a whole ton of wild parties. It's a it's a conference where people are, you know, I, I think they're sensitive to these issues. They're they're not gonna. It's just it's just not gonna happen here. Uh, it, it's a much more, uh, I think, informed. <laughs> around those kinds of issues. I don't know how to say it, but, uh, you know, there is something about this you know, whole environment of League of Week. It's, it's, it's think, always crazy. Thinking, of, thinking about the parties and maybe something to the fact that it, when you have a smaller gathering, it, it doesn't seem to be sort of as, as, as bad as it does when you have these big, huge gatherings with all these people. I don't know. I mean, I went to, I went to some big ones and I went to some small ones and the small ones, Smaller ones seem to be more oriented around kind of interesting conversations with people. And you could, I mean, you could talk to them, you could be closer to them. You know, they, they weren't spread out over, you know, 10 acres of room where you couldn't move. And so I don't know. I mean, it's, um, but it's, it's it, to, to Stephanie's point, I think it, it's not just a, it's, it's not a leak, just a legal wiggle. Right? It's, a, it's a problem in the whole, our whole society. I mean, it's like, it happens it happens 
every day on every corner and every every place you go. Well, and with a, when you have a large conference versus a small conference, I think that's an interesting point. There's safety in numbers, and there's also mm-hmm. safely misbehave when you feel like you're more anonymous, when you feel like there's a yeah. in numbers. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. I'll add to the size of the conference point. There's also at a large party, not, this is not to excuse really bad behavior, but there's also a weird situation where accident, like accidental issues can happen. Like I can't hear people in a giant party. So I, you know, I'm real close to somebody and like I might be closer than somebody feels as their right personal space, but it's also because can't hear a goddamn thing they're saying in an oons oons loud crowd. Now, that isn't going to be one of those sorts of situations, but it does lead to people get bunched up, people like are bouncing around each other, and that's bad too. Um, you know, it's a let, it's not as egregious, but it's still something that people feel uncomfortable with, and it's caused by the fact that it's large and, and, and crowded. Uh, it, so, what, yeah. What I would point out, this happened to me on the plane, what happens when you are a woman in the world, especially when it's more crowded and when especially when men can get away with it is you get touched more. I was trying to get in my seat. I let the, my seat made into a seat and I sort of bumped my head, which doesn't happen because I'm two feet tall. So I don't know how I bumped my head on the plane thing. But this guy <laughs> touched my shoulder as he got in. He would never have touched a man's shoulder. And I didn't like the fact that this guy <laughs> felt like he could touch me. You know, almost like, oh, sorry, you bumped your head or something. I don't know what it was like. I was a little kid. But this happens in bars more times than I can count. They touch your, you know, your hips. They touch your shoulders. They touch your hair. They don't touch you guys. When they go by guys. They do. That's like, not true. Yeah. I do that all the time to men. If I if a man is in my way, I put my hand on his shoulder and I, I move by him. I, on his shoulder. That, do you put your hand on his hip? Probably not his hip, no. (laughs) But I wouldn't put my hand on a woman's hip either. But I would do. The more men feel feel entitled. I feel like my forearm forearm hits his hip then, like more. Usually not my hand, I use the forearm (laughs) to move. But but seriously, the thing, like, if if we're we're sticking to the conference setting here, the reason Mm -hmm. I feel safer at smaller conferences, I mean, like, we all go to these smaller conferences and we know each other. And it's usually a group of people you really know. And people aren't more often than not in these settings, they're not doing it to the people they know. I'm not saying it right. doesn't happen. It's the massive crowd. Like I've never met these people. I'm like, is my one conference a year where my employer brought me to man the booth. Then I have, you know, access to endless alcohol and my company made a bunch of money and I'm going to go out and try to impress all these women I've never met or vice versa. There are stories of women being very aggressive with men too it's not just a gender thing and i think of the smaller ones you know more people and people are less right. likely to behave badly because they either know the people or you're surrounded by people you know it's just these giant anonymous alcohol fueled crowds well and yeah. i'll say also one thing about conferences that is not not at all alcohol fueled because it only has ever uh, been an issue for me but when i'm absolutely sober in the middle of the day but one thing that i've absolutely been guilty of i'm least two occasions over the course of the last 10 years is that point where several of us know each other well enough that it's like oh hi like hug move on and i've absolutely had the situation where i've been like four straight meetings in and i go up to pr person x is like good to see you hug and then instantly i'm like nope this is one of the people that i'm actually on a handshake basis with but like (laughs) didn't even think through uh but that also happens right like where and this is a, a side effect of the of what Nikki's talking about. Like men tend to like live in this handshake universe. Women, there is a point where a lot of folks we we disagree, like we're in the hug space, and that's a moving line. And I don't think it that certainly the people involved who I've hugged wrongly would have been didn't make a deal out of it. And I absolutely have shook their hand eight million times post then. But that is a thing that can happen when we have this kind of weird standard where women sometimes are in a hug space and sometimes aren't, which, you but know. That happens with men. Too. I mean, I, I'm sometimes in hug space with men too. I mean, it's it's like, well, am I, I in a hug space or not? I don't know, but it's. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, legal I technical, now, Joe did not hug me at Nikki's dinner. You see, like, that's the thing. I, I'm always like, I, I, I normally feel like I need to have like real confirmation that I'm in that space before, but. <laughs> But yeah, like you do four straight meetings with people you've known for years, and then you just kind of think, oh, yeah, this is me. And yeah. But Gene, is that good or bad that he didn't hug you? 
Like, yeah. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm deprived. <laughs> I was hurt. I was hurt. Well, and I honestly well, I think, like, joking. I honest, yeah, I honestly think legal tech is actually really, for the most part, at least the core of legal tech is a very friendly industry and we all really like each other. Right. And like, I jokingly, when I first started going com to conferences, one of my first observations, I was like, legal tech is very huggy. Like I, I said that, and they are, and this is people legitimately like each other. So it's like, right. you know, like, there is just a lot of like hugging each other going around, like well intended and well received. Yeah, right. I want yeah. to point out somebody just said, <laughs> said it sounds like horrible Japanese subway stories. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, I don't know where we go from that. Uh, I, I, I did, I, I did want to at least kind of briefly just talk about this conference I'm at because I, I think it's one you guys should all be coming to in, in the future if, if you haven't ever been to this. But uh, this is a conference that has grown in just a, few, a matter of years from a pretty small little gathering to getting bigger. There's like over 700 people here this year, uh, and it's it's all focused on the access to justice world. Uh, and it's 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 like traveling from one world to another to go from legal week to this conference. Mm. It's just night and day. And, and, and when you think about it, it's it's so striking because this conference is focused on the legal problems of like 90 percent of the people in the United States who are not getting adequate help from the legal system. Legal week is focused on the legal problems of like one percent of the people in the United States. And Legal Week is so huge, and there's so much money there, and so much activity. And you come to this conference, and it's so modest, and and very little money going into this sector still. You know, the biggest funding source for legal services uh, technology remains these TIG grants for, from the Legal Services Corporation, which is a total spend every year of five million dollars. I mean, that's like seed money for a, a, a tech company in 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 the big law space, right? And, it's so. Oh, and let's be clear: when you say one percent of people. It, that only is true to the extent that we count corporations as people. Right, right. And that's what, <laughs> yes, 1% of, of the rich world, uh, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, and, uh, and, and yet there, there's just really interesting technology going on here, really a lot of really interesting conversations about uh, uh, um, uh, innovation and how to innovate in this space. Uh, just did recorded an interview yesterday for my podcast with people at North Carolina, Legal Aid of North Carolina, which has just launched an innovation lab. I think they, they think, and I, as far as I can tell, they're the first legal aid office to launch its own innovation lab. Um, and uh, lots of talk here about, uh, you know, regulatory reform and what that looks like and what shape it should take. Uh, so really good, really substantive pro conferences. Lots of talk about AI, of course, everybody's thinking about it. Uh, you know, as I described before with that LLM mediator, there have been some hands-on demonstrations of things that are actually working and doing uh, stuff uh, in this space. So um, it, this is a sector that, uh, you know, in a lot of ways doesn't get paid attention to enough in the legal media by, by folks like us. Uh, and that really should be because it's really important and there's a whole lot of interesting stuff going on there. So that's my, my soapbox for the day. Did you suggest to them that they have it not during legal week next year so more of us can go? Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I, it's never been at the same time as legal week before. I don't know how that happened, although it is. I, I, assume, to schedule I assume that's why legal week is moving. It's really Maybe. hard to avoid the legal week and ABA tech show, like moving targets. Like, I think it's really difficult when these big conferences don't have these because of COVID. I mean, it's nobody's fault, but what's they used to have pretty set times when they would right. have these conferences and all of a sudden they're all over the place. So I think it gets complicated. Well, the intention well, is March. Well, it's officially, for those who didn't hear it, Legal Week is officially March next year. And ideally yeah. going forward, continuing that too. No one can say forever about anything, but yeah, I everyone think I can't in go. January, March is back. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think, I think, I, totally I think they've now moved it to They've now moved it to a week, so I can't go ever again. So this well, is probably that was my the biggest problem. Everyone kept being like, "Could we do it in March, just not during my kids' yeah. spring break?" I'm like, well, "Sure." Yeah, yeah, it's hard to miss a spring break if you uh, move to March. That's it's so weird. Yeah, because because mm -hmm. spring breaks, if the world had one spring break, it'd be great, but it don't. So it moves around. So yeah, and yeah, and then there's ABA Tech Show in two weeks. 
mm-hmm. these sorts of less, actually less than two weeks, less than two weeks, right? 12 days. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> people, it's funny. People, I, I've had people are upset about it being on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I mean, some people apparently that's that important. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, as as I'm sure everybody can appreciate it, it was it was not our side of the table that picked that day. I mean, you, you try to have these events, and you're sort of at the mercy of the hotel. So that's what it is. Um, yeah. Uh. All right. What? Anything else? We. I mean, there's some. I know there's other news, and and you know, Nikki, I know you had the story about the ethics uh, guidance. We did, we talked about the one of those last week, the Florida one. We haven't talked about the other one, but uh, did you want to talk about that a little bit? Or? I missed. I wasn't here last week. No, you weren't here last week. Yeah. Um. Well, I just uh wrote an article. Um, or above the law, I just posted in the chat. Um, that just covered that, and then New Jersey also issued some preliminary. AI ethics guidelines, um, and I just think it's interesting. Well, you know, it's notable that um, they're starting to really come out now, and there's they're all sort of focusing on a lot of the same issues, which is expected. Um, approaching them in slightly different ways. One thing that I thought was really interesting in the <clears throat> Florida opinion, I know y'all talked about it, but um, was how they. First of all, I, I don't love how they highlighted the fact that maybe it'll spit out data from a specific opposing council that has in, that has already like put it, opposing council puts a query into chat GPT or some other generative AI and it spits out their query when you put in a query. I feel like that's so highly unlikely to um, occur. But that sad. being said, I liked how they analyzed it to um, metadata and how you have an, uh, an obligation to take um, reasonable precautions to avoid that type of disclosure. But then if it does happen, you, um, you have to promptly notify the sender or opposing counsel that you've done that. So I thought it was interesting that they made that analogy. Um, and then uh, the New Jersey um, guidelines were pretty similar to what all the other, you know, um, California and the Florida um, guidelines. I mean, it wasn't really. Um, I think there's anything super notable about, about about them other than that they were really handed down and just seeing how they're all going about addressing the um, <clears throat> billing issues and comparing that to you know legal research and how you can't charge for the time saved and so I, but over I mean I don't think there's anything super notable about them but I did think that it was interesting just that they had yeah. um, been handed down and that it you know, that there's definitely going to be more to come. And also the fact that the New Jersey um, committee said that sort of noted these are preliminary, there's going to be more to come as more issues arise. So, you know, don't take these as like the final word. So. Yeah, I thought it was, I, what yeah. I wrote about it, I thought it was interesting primarily just because it, the Florida one, because it, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty reasonable opinion. And I thought it just underscored the fact that we don't really need any new ethics rules. The, the ethics rules we already have pretty much apply to AI in the same way that uh, they apply to the cloud and in whatever mm-hmm. else it is we're talking about. So, I guess we had one, in our, uh, go ahead, Nikki. I'm sorry. Uh, the one thing that really annoys me about all of these opinions, I guess, is the client consent part. Um, and that to me is just a pet peeve of mine because every time some kind of new tech comes along, including email, they're all about like client consent, client consent, and eventually that requirement goes away. But it's like this hurdle that some of these um, that they'll discuss and often require lawyers to do, you know, get client consent if you're going to use this crazy new tech and eventually it goes away. And it bothers me that a lot of them are even mentioning that at this point because lawyers, I think we've discussed this in the past, but lawyers don't even know if they're using AI half the time. AI is already baked into a lot of what they're doing. <laughs> So how, what are you going to get in trouble? Cause you didn't even know you were using AI cause it's already built into Microsoft Copilot, you know, Microsoft and it's you're using Copilot or you're using Grammarly to draft your memo. I don't know, to edit it. So I think that that's a stupid requirement. And I, I know like we never, that. lawyers have never run all of their tech usage by their clients, even, even major tech usage for the most part. I mean, there's some exceptions, like why suddenly this, and even I feel like the people are demanding it just because they feel like they're supposed to demand it. And do they even know if you told them I'm using X, Y, Z, do they even know what that is? But there is already an ABA. I mean, the ABA ethics opinion on, on confidentiality that came out 
three or four years ago or something said that too that if if you're going to use tech that in some way could compromise the client confidentiality then you needed to discuss it with the client and get their consent to it so that was kind of already the rule um, and it's not all ai it's only if you're going to be using some ai that in some way could endanger or compromise the confidentiality we, of uh, information we, we had an interesting issue come up in our panel discussion yesterday that pertained to the mediator's use of generative AI tools, and what what is the what are the lawyer's duties to ensure that when if a mediator is going to use generative AI, that confidential information that might be contained in mediation statements, for example, which happens to, you know fairly often, or even in discussions with the mediator, you know, do you, do you have to ask the mediator? Don't, don't plug this into chat GPT now or, or what? It was kind of an interesting discussion. It was a question that I had not thought about before, but I could see how it become, could become relevant. Well, and it's interesting you say that they only have to disclose the use of tools that might implicate confidentiality because as we've seen in the parade of horribles, a lot of people only realize these tools implicate confidentiality after they've used them wrong. Right. right. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, this is a good segue into Lexus's corporate counsel survey on the use of uh, generative AI. Oh, Gene. Because that actually is addressed. <laughs> and it, what I thought was interesting about it is, well, first of all, they they prioritized all the different concerns people have about trust issues with generative AI. But what I found really fascinating is the disconnect between what in-house counsel are thinking and what outside counsel are thinking. Because Inside counsel are thinking, this is going to lower my bills. I can bring more inside. <laughs> and and out and law firms are thinking, we're going to find a way to exploit this and make more money. And it's like everybody's everybody's trying to figure out how how to use it to their advantage. But one thing, it was like, I love this. A law firm said corporate counsel have not have not told them that they expect their bills to go down as a result of using generative AI. So like only 9% said that their, their outside count, that their, um, their clients had told them that they wanted their bills to go down when they start using generative AI, which I thought was fascinating. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. I haven't seen the survey yet. Um, yeah, one other sort of story I did this week I thought I'd mention uh, just because I thought it was kind of interesting was this Term Scout launching this thing called Screens, which is essentially a marketplace for lawyers to go in and build and sell contract review AIs. So you can you can review you can build these kind of mini AIs for very specific contract review purposes. Like if you're a uh, you know you're you're an expert in I don't know commercial property leases or something like that. Uh, you can go in and kind of build these AIs that will then somebody else who's drafting a commercial property lease can run it through your your AI and you know get it get it in, th in theory get it reviewed by uh, by something developed by a subject matter expert. Uh, so the kind of very task specific uh, macro kind of uh, uh, AIs that. Uh, can lawyers develop and they can put them on this marketplace and, and sell them and give them away for free. But uh, there's already a, a bunch of them up there that are being sold for like 25 bucks each. Um, and, you know, it, it's a way for lawyers to kind of also productize their expertise a little bit um, if they want to do that. And it, it provides a way for users to maybe get easy access to, to again, very use specific, use case specific kinds of AIs. Uh, and I, I, it seems pretty unique and, and uh, from, from what I've seen. Uh, and so that'll be interesting to see if it gets any adoption or traction. There are people who are not watching us live and therefore not in the like side chat that we constantly have. And for those people, I want them all to understand that somebody on this show refers to outside counsel as outhouse counsel anytime <laughs> they hear them compared to in-house counsel, which is now my whole personality. There is a website. Somebody posted a website for outhouse counsel in the I chat. Say, I actually refer to them. I just think it in my head. I don't care to those words out loud ever, but that website is hysterical. The, the <laughs> outside counsel and they're their site's called Outhouse Council. That's hysterical. 
Well, we're second. screwing up on Gen AI. There's going to be some doghouse counsel too. It, it's outhouse yeah. attorneys, but yes, outhouse attorneys. Yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. They're, they're confident. Well, they're outside. They're out. They're outside in-house attorneys. So it's like a outside, like a third party who can act as your in-house counsel. Um, so it actually, house attorneys is the right name. I don't know as though they quite recognize that that hyphen becomes super important uh, because without that hyphen, it gets real bad. Yeah. I don't know. How have you never brought that up before, Nikki? How have you been sitting on that? I, I try to keep the quiet parts quiet in my brain sometimes. <laughs> that one just exploded into the chat. I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah. That, that also reminds me... Um, one of the fun things about doing this show is the feedback. Like I, here I am at this legal services conference and I've had more people come up to me and say, I love your Friday show. I never miss your Friday show. This people like this show. So that's a good thing. Yeah. But the, I, other I comment the, I get, thing. the other comment I get is I, 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 I've got to remember, I keep saying I'm going to do this because I, I download the chat every week and I can post it on my blog. I, it doesn't zoom. Doesn't let you record the chat with the video and post it that way but it does give you a transcript of the chat. So I, I need to remember to post it every week. I have been looking at some other platforms that will save the video with the chat. Uh, and maybe at some point we, we move on to a different platform that will allow that to happen. Because the chat's like the best part. It's almost like somebody in our audience could invent that for us. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Someone from India said they're attending and it's two in the morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I was... I was listening to your podcast this is with away people, Bob, and all of a sudden they, they even came up and mentioned the show. <laughs> so I got yeah. out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good thing. Yep. All right. Well, well somebody said before once Stephanie falls asleep. Chat, people stop posting. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. I was gonna say, let's not post the chat. Uh, maybe maybe that's the uh, you know, people thought about monetizing. Maybe that's the uh, the Patreon play is getting access to the chat, uh, uh, yeah. not not to participate, but to the records of it. I don't know. Right. Or if you'd like your chat to be withheld from the chat, you can pay even more. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think blackmail is the right answer. All right, we'll we'll post the, the GPT summary of the that. chat. All right, anything else? If not, I gotta go catch a plane. So there's like no conferences next week, right? Uh, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, they might tell us the night before as these things tend to happen, but. No, but we'll see. So much travel. I've that. traveled. I'll be traveling five out of six weeks by mid-February. Tomorrow's my only week off. It's nuts. Wow. Uh, next next week I have debate stuff, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to. Uh, well, hopefully I'll be able to do it. I'm not leaving New York City. Bye, y'all. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, have a good week and uh, we'll weekend. hopefully see a lot of you back here next Friday. See you. Long, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone.